You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. To the JCN podcast show. It's <laughs> always like a little full stop on the yeah, end of the show. I'm Carissa. And I'm Jessica. And today we have decided we're going to talk about macronutrients. Something that we've mentioned about a thousand million times already, but we um, thought it was about time to actually cover the topic in detail. Yeah, and no, we're not going to go into a super sciencey biochemical craziness of it like actually but we're just we're going to talk about why they're important and why we're passionate about them and just the basic functions and roles of them in the body mm-hmm. um yeah pretty much as always anyone that walks in the door of the clinic here we are always looking at creating a macronutrient diet for them no matter what their requirements are jess and i actually like the client history forms i think a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people i guess practitioners like when i've spoken to other people they scan for conditions mm-hmm. um to see what like obviously most of ours are digested but they scan and then i've even had other people say they do research on what's going on for their clients before they come in I don't even look at that. I look at their food. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I scan what they're eating. I see if it's balanced. I see what, you know, potential, like, problems there could be. And I, yeah, anyway, so yeah. that's how passionate about food we are. Like, we definitely love getting into the conditions that people are going through and working with those as well. But the foundation for us comes back to balancing meals because if you haven't got that right, just... I'm not going to say give up on the rest, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. It's that, that, as we said before, that scaffolding, that foundation. You've got yeah. to have that there. Otherwise, it's just trying to build on a foundation that doesn't have the support there for yeah. you and you're just trying to, like, do all of these things, things. that don't have that right platform to get you to started from. Yeah. So if you even look on... I'm sure we've got it on the website, like, as far as the clinic and, like, the overall ethos, it pretty much stipulates that macronutrients um, and treating the person as an individual is our primary goal. So we're always looking at treating that person (laughs) as that individual requires, but then also making sure they're eating a macronutrient, well-balanced diet full of lots of whole foods. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I just... I don't even, yeah, I don't even, where do we want to start? Like, this is, I think this is just something we're just, like, we're so passionate about it and we're just, and I feel like we do definitely talk about it a lot, but I just, we probably can't stress enough how passionate we are about it. How many times can I say that we're passionate? <laughs> um, so I guess, as always, it's one of those topics that seems really simple, but we also know from talking to people day in and day out a lot of that people don't, have it don't right. understand what macronutrients are and if you are talking about, the different elements of macronutrients, they don't know what fits where. And um, that's what we want to educate you on today. Ding! So macronutrients. What are macronutrients? So we have three macronutrients, Jessica Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Until it's getting to the afternoon. <laughs> We've got protein. There's like something that's changed in your eyes. Oh, like really? you kind of look like you've glazed over into this mad zone. Oh, I'm really? a little worried about how this is going to play out. <laughs> I 
feel like I've glazed into a mad zone. Um, I get uh, even my friends tell me like they, my eyes change color with my moods. Like when I get angry, apparently they flush green. Oh, yeah. You, well, you haven't seen me mad. Like I don't get pissed off in here. Like, <laughs> but my friend Rachel and even Chloe, they'll just be like, they've seen me when I've just been like gone yeah. angry about something. Especially when we used to all work in hospitality in our younger years together. And yeah, you just apparently I flash green when I'm Ooh. yeah. Anyway, so look, look out for that. <laughs> devil eyes. So, yeah, macronutrients, by off the top of my head, off definition, are, are they a nutrient, but they're macro, meaning that they're nutrients we require in very large amounts to function on yep. a daily basis. Yep. So pretty important if you go back to basic nutritional biochemic, biochemical um, 101, yep. that's the sort of yep. definition I think you're going to find in yep. your textbook. Yeah. So, and um, we have three macro, three groups of macronutrients. So we yes. have proteins, we have carbohydrates, and we have fats. That's it. That's it. That is our three stars. They're the macros, guys. And every food that we eat will fall into those categories. And some of them will overlap. Exactly, which can sometimes be a bit tricky at the start, but essentially these three different macronutrient profiles are really essential for creating a, a balance so when we say macronutrient balance we're talking about having the three of them in unison so we want to ensure that your meals have the three of these significantly together as far as their quantities um, and if we see that happening that's where we create just a whole wealth of positive yeah. <laughs> ticks. Tick, 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 yes. tick, tick. So essentially having your macronutrients balanced together means that your food is going to hold you for longer. You're going to be more satisfied. You're not going to get dips in energy through the day. So you'll feel that your your food is basically holding you for quite a few hours. Am I sitting here knowing yeah. about you? <laughs> yes, you're so right. I'm loving what you're saying. So I, I again, I can't do this for people to be listening to, but I when I'm with clients, my hand goes oh up and down God, in a dipping sensation. Yeah. So I'm like insulin without balanced macronutrient <laughs> meals. If you could all see my hand right now, and then it's just like insulin with proper Exactly. So, so generally having your macros there is like a beautiful backbone that just holds your energy stable throughout the day but if you don't have them balanced you'll find you'll burn through your food quicker and it'll drop you down quicker yep. and then that's where you'll get cravings for something to pick you back up which mm -hmm. will often be more of a, like a Coffee carbohydrate or yep. in regards to more of a sugar yep. um, and you'll go up and down all day so yep. the balance for us provides stability and therefore energy and therefore reduction of cravings and therefore vitality because yep. of that beautiful energy backbone and that it's... is just the absolute basic of what it does like yes. like you can that is just on a very really like i guess layman terms level why you need macronutrient balance and structure with all your meals but then if you even just look at like that's just talking about energy we're talking mm -hmm. about biochemical reactions all our hormones insulin cortisol leptin our hunger hormone all of these guys re require proper macronutrient balanced meals to function properly our Gut flora requires macronutrient balanced meals and diversity of macronutrients to flourish properly. Like mm -hmm. it's not just about energy and consistency of energy. That's just a bloody bonus. Like that's the perk of it is that you feel great all day and you've got the energy to get through an entire day. Like Jess and I could not do what we do if we did not eat the way we eat. It's that simple. Like I look at our, our mental demand that's placed on us and then even our physical demand as well. We do epic days. We both exercise every day. Um, you couldn't do 
and push yourself probably to the limits I think we do sometimes with if you didn't have the core foundation of eating properly and mm-hmm. that's just how important I think it is like definitely because people like I know even my parents are saying like you do too much you can't work you know 10 hour days and exercise and all this I'm like well I can because I eat to accommodate that and I exercise you know like it's just but if I didn't eat the way I ate and structure my meals the way I did there's no way in frig I would be able to yeah. pump out what I do yeah and stay focused and alert till whatever mm. time it is you and I peel ourselves out of our clean <laughs> checks and decide to go home just to sleep really and then come back and do it all again. But we love it. So, And I think, yeah, it's, that's so true. And I think as we break down each area um, as far as protein, carbs mm. and fats, we'll highlight extra um, sort of additional information <laughs> where these macros play those roles you're just yeah, talking about we'll so the three of them <laughs> synerg- <laughs> synergistically they create this really beautiful relationship but individually they do different things too yeah so which will you know come down to some of those different factors that you're talking about yes so Let's talk first about protein. Protein. And I think we, I can't actually, did we do a podcast on protein? I feel like we did at we, some I don't point. think we have, but I think we've spoken about it. We definitely haven't done a podcast on protein. No, I feel, yeah, there's been some protein talk. There's been a bit of protein mm. talk, yeah. I think probably when we're talking more about why protein's necessary, mm. um, but we probably haven't broken down protein. So proteins are amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks of every cell in our body. So mm-hmm. in a nutshell, that's why you need them. Um, <laughs> You wouldn't have a physical structure without them. <laughs> yeah, past, past that point of sanity this afternoon. Yeah. But, yeah, so obviously you can see, like, just from, like, they just say, like, the building blocks of every organism comes from amino acids. So you need to be, we have essential and non-essential amino acids. So essential and non-essential, it means essential ones are ones that we need to get from our diet. And non-essential amino acids are the ones that our body can usually make from various compounds and things like that itself mm-hmm. don't ask me to name the difference between the two because off the top of my head i've got no idea i can't remember <laughs> you mean naming the essentials yeah not essentials essentials. Off the top of could head. you do that i was thinking i could think of a couple like, i could think of a car out it's been a long yeah, time far out. this is like going back to like biochem 101 <laughs> jesus I, I there's a few that i would guess but yeah. i'm not gonna do that i'm no. just gonna Let's graciously just, skirt on yes, skirt over that because at the end of the day you guys can google that if you need to yeah, that's it um so but yeah you're right as far as the function you know it, it very much from a cellular point of view it's like that core structure and foundation yeah um particularly things like our hormones and our muscles and so forth just so vital but yeah. you know it goes beyond that it's very much about the cellular um yeah cellular structure it yeah, really really yeah. is but yeah. if we see which i think we'll sort of talk about too as we go through this but if you don't have enough protein in your diet classically things that do start to happen is that more of that muscle wasting Mace, scenario muscle, yeah. um, like muscle wastage, muscle wastage. <laughs> which just shows obviously their importance in those muscular yeah. cells but yeah even just repairing um like our, our body's in a constant state of cellular um I'm not saying like repair and recovery, but it's just like constantly changing and creating new cells. And like there's, there, we need protein in our diet every day and quality protein every day in our diet just because for basic repair, like yeah. our, our cells are turnover. That's the word I was looking yes. for. It's like cellular turnover. We're con- consistently doing all these amazing biochemical things that require protein as a basic requirement to just make new cells. So mm-hmm. that has to be in the diet. But yeah, then classic signs of not having enough. But mm-hmm. 
What else do we want to say about protein? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like sitting here like twirling my hair around my nose. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I think we've really covered the basics there of what protein is in relation to where it's utilised and why it's so important. But the other thing I wanted to talk about with protein is what essentially is protein from a food point of view because I think that can be a little bit tricky for people. Um, There's a couple of different types. There is. And I think when people think of protein, most of the time they understand that it comes from animal protein, but they can get a little bit confused after that. Yeah. So we do have animal protein um, and that extends through to fish, but it also includes things like eggs. It also includes nuts and seeds, Seeds. which are one of our interesting sort of jump camp situations. So we've got them in with the fats as well. Um, we've got legumes, um, and legumes again will sort of cross into the carbohydrate. Dairy for area. people that can tolerate dairy. Dairy yep. counts as a protein, definitely. Well, it has an element of protein as well as carbs, but and our protein powders, of course. Protein powders. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like, it's probably like I suppose, and then you can look at the qualities and things of proteins that are available in different foods. Typically, animal proteins seem to be more complete proteins mm-hmm. as far as getting the essential amino acids that we need yeah. um, in one, say, intake of an intake of a protein hit, if that's probably the right way to say it. Whereas sometimes with more of the plant-based proteins, you'd have to combine a bit to get that complete amino acid profile. Yes. Um, kin- I think quinoa and hemp, to my knowledge, are probably two of the most plant-based sources that are considered complete Proteins. Yeah, I feel like there's there's some missing. I feel like they've still got some missing ones. Yeah, I can't again off the. We should have I mean, actually looked into this. Oh, well, you can't yeah, expect it to remember yeah. every, every grain sin. and yeah. so forth and what amino acids they're missing. Like yeah. seriously, yeah. <laughs> why not? <laughs> What's wrong with my brain? I think the fact that you just know that they are yeah. not complete is yeah. important, and they or they may be. You may have. Um, you may have them there, but there's probably some that they're a little bit too low in yeah, as well. I think yeah. that's the other thing that's yeah. important. So um, animal protein tends to be quite dominant and rich in all of those really important amino acids. acids, whereas you've got different types of foods that start to fall outside of that, as you said, with your more um, protein-dense grains mm. or um, the legumes yep. and so forth legumes, that will yep. be starting to either miss or have low amounts of some yeah. of the other types yeah, of amino and acids seeds and things like that yeah and, so, yeah and generally speaking if you were looking at not getting your protein say from animal-based sources then if you wanted to make sure you're meeting your protein requirements you need to make sure you're getting a very wide and increased intake of your different types of grains and your different types of nuts and seeds and legumes and things like that to cover those protein requirements. Yeah, definitely. So that's something like for more like the vegan and vegetarian style people, especially even vegetarians that don't eat eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're things you need to be more mindful of from a protein perspective. I yeah. would definitely say it's definitely doable. Yeah. But it's just something like whereas if you're not, if you're trying more going more to get your protein requirement from say meat, it's probably easier to just tick those boxes. Mm-hmm. But Either or is fine. Just be aware that you've got essentials, non-essentials, and you do need protein. So yeah, yeah. I've had people come in and they're, you know, and they're just like, oh, I don't really need that much protein. And you kind of go through their diet. I'm like, you're like, well, you're having bugger all. And yeah. there's, you can see protein deficiency signs in them, like like that muscle wastage or str- they're exercising but they're struggling to put on weight. Um, 
like brittle nails and stuff like that. Like there's yeah. um, brittle hair. Like obviously there's other things that this can tie in with, but just from a structural point of view, you can really see protein deficiency in people quite, mm-hmm. quite easily. And you increase their protein and they're all of a sudden like a buy thing of that. Or like, oh, my nails are all of a sudden really nice yeah. and strong and hard. And my hair's thicker. And mm-hmm. so you just kind of see just even from a structural cellular point of view, like you're increasing that the body's capacity to produce. Yeah, yeah. So for sure, for sure. Support. Hey, the other really... Um, important aspect too for people to understand is quantities and this is going to vary but Mm. um, obviously it's a question we get a lot you know it's one thing to say you need to have protein with your meal but people like well how much yeah true that's a good point Yeah, yeah so it is so going to vary and I know I've seen both ends of the scale from people saying oh I've got protein in my meal but it's just a a abysmal amount through to way too much oh Um, I've seen oh yeah, horrendous ones from like personal trainers. I was gonna say that type diets where it's like, oh, I don't know, like 200, 250 grams yeah. of protein. Per I meal. used to work with oh these guys, and one of them, like, it was just always protein shakes. And honestly, he wasn't that fit, like, he made out that he was that fit. But this guy would have been smashing just in protein shakes alone, three to four hundred grams of protein a day, and then mm. eating like a carnivore, mm-hmm. like, you know, just meat, meat, meat. And I'm like, dude, you don't need that much protein. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm like, you friggin' don't, you fool. Like, <laughs> like you know, Hopefully his kidneys told him. And I'm just, and then you look at him, he's like, not even that muscly anyway, you know, it's just like clearly, like, either you're not doing the amount of gym work you say you're doing because if you were you'd look a lot you know bulkier than that secondly yeah anyway that aside there is too much and too little so yeah. too much can put a massive burden on our kidneys protein by nature in excess is acidic or mm-hmm. acidic or acid forming in the body too mm-hmm. like it can definitely shift the ph balance of our body because our kidneys mm-hmm. have to deal with that so it it is something you want in the right amounts for your body but you don't want too much of it just like you don't want too little of it mm-hmm. exactly so, I think I generally, just a bit of a well-known sort of, I guess, aspect when you talk about protein, but I'll generally say to my clients that um, palm, their palm-sized piece of a protein um, to give them an idea when they're talking about meat. Yeah. And I think that's always really interesting because to me that's more thinking about the ridiculous sized steaks that we can eat oh, or yeah, yeah. even chick some of the chicken breasts that people buy these days, you know, realistically. Jack chicken I know. <laughs> it's realistically saying look at almost half of one of those. But yeah. that's going to vary as always from person to person. Yeah, yeah. Um and then when I'm talking about legumes um, or more of that plant-based variation, mm-hmm. so let's say legumes and tofu and so forth, I'll usually tell someone more around like, Think about it about half a cup sort of worth yeah, on your that's plate. True. Yeah, yeah. Just to give people a rough idea of what, what they want to be looking size at. Because yeah. again, you could be thinking you're getting your plant-based protein, but if you're just adding like a spoonful of some hummus or you've got a salad <laughs> and it's got like a tablespoon of chickpeas through it, like that's not enough. That's not adequate. Um, so you really need to make sure you're getting enough or a couple of eggs. So it's it's having enough. Um, that you're going to be getting enough protein, but it's not excessive, but it's not just a spattering. Yeah, that's true too. Mm. Yes. And moving into that, the protein balance with the carbohydrate portion is something you and I are pretty yeah. protein passionate about. Is yeah. there anything, oh, anything else you want to talk about proteins? I don't think so. We said all our types, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So carbohydrates. Yes. You we- take you take this one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, far out. We could talk about carbohydrates forever. Um, 
yeah, look, we we obviously it's no oh, no I'm secret stretching. that we love our carbohydrates, um, and we talk carbohydrates. There's all different sorts of carbohydrates. So we've got fitting into that group all of our vegetables. We've got our fruits in there. We've got all of our different grains. grains. We have legumes as well, fitting a bit into that camp because mm-hmm. as we're saying, they've got protein and they've also got a fair bit of starch in them. Um, and then we also have fitting into carbohydrates, some of the more simple sugars and so forth. So honey, maple syrup, yeah. regular sugar, all yeah. those sorts of things, dried fruit. So yeah. it's a pretty diverse group. Yeah. When we're looking at carbohydrates, we tend to break them into two camps. So we have what we tend to call them your complex type and your simple and your carbohydrates. Or sometimes I'll refer to them as like your starchy versus your non-starchy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't, sometimes yeah. that can be a little bit easier for people. Yeah, I think I just go starchy and non-starchy, and I mm. keep sort of fruit a little bit separate. Mm. To be honest, as well, like even though it kind of sits in between the depending on the type of fruit, you know, complex or not. And then I sort of say then there's just the simple, simple carbs, and that's more just like your ones that would give the straight sugar hit. Yeah, so exactly. I suppose like breaking it down for clients, that's how I would break it down. So when we're talking starchy carbohydrates, that camp we're looking at types of carbs that have a lot of starch in them, and they tend to be the more um, sustaining type of carbohydrates. So the ones that really, again, married with the protein and the fats. Yeah. So when we talk macro balance, these are probably the main carbohydrate that yep. we're talking about. So yep. we're talking grains and we're talking root vegetables. Root vegetables, yeah. Realistically... When we speak macros, that's our group. That's Would our you say? Group, that's our star of our I, carbs. Yeah, like if I say to people, like say if we're, we're talking about balancing protein and carbohydrates, the carbohydrates are your starchy carbs and your proteins. Yeah. And then other carbs, say like your vegetables and things like that, they're added extras. Exactly. That's how I sort of group it. I'm like broccoli, um, capsicum, carrot, beetroot, they don't count as carbs when we're actually talking about structuring a meal. They count as added bonuses mm-hmm. that you should definitely be like adding your cups of veggies to your meals and things like that to boost nutritional content and boost fiber content and boost so much, but I don't count them as a carb, as a macro per se when I'm talking trying to get people to learn how to balance meals properly. Oh, 100%. Cool. So we're, we've got... Good that we're teaching our clients <laughs> the same things. <laughs> Ooh, lucky. Lucky. <laughs> so... There's that that sort of end of the spectrum, so yeah. our um, more sort of starchy carbs that fits into our macros. But then in the sort of next area, we've got our non-starchies, which um, is vitally important still, which are all the ones Krista was just talking about. So anything that's not a root vegetable. Or a grain. <laughs> or a grain. <laughs> that is a vegetable or a fruit. <laughs> fits into that. That is so a vegetable or fruit. that's where everything else sits. Yeah. And usually, again, if we're talking about the structure of a plate, um, those guys are still vitally important. Like totally. We're usually trying to get at least half the plate with those, those, those other types yeah. of veggies. So they're I, usually the hero of the plate. They're definitely the hero and the more dominant. Like I would say like if we were to break a plate up into quarters, I would say a quarter protein, a quarter starchy carbs, and then half the plate, the other carbs, like your, your mm. vegetables, you know, leafy greens, yep. all of that kind of stuff. So Where are you going to fit your fats? Straight on, on top. top. <laughs> <laughs> Smeared on so top. Poured on top like olive oil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where are you going to fit your fats on top, baby? <laughs> yeah, so even though I think that's important with the whole macro breakdown, we're taking an element of the carbohydrates and making that part of that trio, but we're not at all saying that other part, the non-starchies, aren't important. They're so important. If anything, you know, they come in and be that dominant part of your plate. 
However, if we only focus on those without considering yep. our macros or three other areas, then we can get into trouble. Yeah. Um, the last one we mentioned was more of a simple type carb, and that would be the more of the sugary ones. So yep. your maples, your sugars, your dried, dried fruits, fruits um, dates maybe. Some of the fruits, I guess, that have got like very, very low sorts of fiber, fiber in them. But high most amount. of them do have fiber. Yeah, yeah. Like mm. I think like fruit in context, like I'm – we're pro fruit. We're just oh, not, pro, yeah, yeah, yeah. not just pro too much fruit. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's still a carbohydrate. It's still probably a simpler form of carbohydrate. Most fruits probably apart from bananas and maybe pawpaw and a few other ones. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So there again, they can, they fall into that camp, but we usually encourage people to use them just more sparingly. Um, you know, whether they're used in baking or like a little drizzle of something over and meal like such. Sugar sugars. Yeah, 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 those sorts of things. So yeah, yeah we're not sort of demonising any of them. So if you want to, yeah, any muffins or cakes or biscuits or your pancakes or whatever they are, you know, your drizzle of maple or your honey <sighs> or whatever it may be. I'm addicted to maple pancakes but, at the moment. Yeah, so good. Favourite. But when we're talking macronutrients and carbohydrates as a balance, we're not yeah. talking about that that portion of macros being made up from maple syrup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got my beautiful, you know, piece of salmon and I've got half a plate of maple syrup. <laughs> That's, That's right. how it works. So there's a really amazing relationship between protein and comp- like what we'll say are more complex carbohydrates, mm-hmm. so starchy carbohydrates. And this, like, I guess, cannot be stressed enough by us to how important getting that in with each of your main meals is. Like it's just... It is like almost like the be all and end all of if you're going to get your diet right to mm-hmm. me. Like mm-hmm. uh, like I think we've talked about in other podcasts how much of a frigging meltdown I have if I don't have my carbs with my lunch because I know. But it's like it's not saying you're doing well, – you are kind of doing something wrong. Like you can still have your elements of your other car- carbohydrates. Like for example, for breakfast if I was to have some of my awesome gluten-free toast as, with two eggs and some avocado, boom, like I've nailed those macros. I've got some great mm-hmm. complex carbohydrates in there coming from a grain source and that's going to tie nicely with the protein coming from the eggs. And then, you know, some good fats coming from the avocado. But that is going to sustain me from an energy point of view and from a blood sugar point of view and even from a hunger signal point of view for a good four to five hours. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you play around with that balance and you go, I don't need complex carbs for whatever reason you're doing it, you want to drop weight or anything like that, like, and you would just say, have those two eggs and have some stir-fried broccoli on the side. That is not going to sustain you for that long Mm -hmm. and your blood sugar is not going to respond the same way. It's Mm -hmm. more like, okay, you would have that at seven o'clock, and do it with toast or, you know, the complex carbs you should get through till 12 o'clock most times. Like I know when I balance my breakfast properly, which I do, I'll get through to 12 o'clock. And mm. I just don't – I don't even think about food. I'm good. I'm sustained. My energy's awesome. I'm mm. focused, driven, and then bang, 12 on, 12 is 12, 30. And so I think, okay, cool, I'm ready for lunch now. You mess that morning macro balance up and you're hungry again by 9 or 10 o'clock and you're starving or, you you know, you just – your focus isn't right. So there's so much in the mm. biochemical balance and – of that of those two together yeah that is just so crucial and yeah we see it a lot like people trying to cut carbs for certain reasons or cut complex carbs so whether it be because it gives their gut issues or they're trying to lose weight and it's just it's not the way to do it like it's like sustainable health sustainable weight loss everything you and I are just so crazy about banging on about comes from the foundation of getting this balance right had my speech there you go you're just like looking at me going yeah you go girl I used to hope that's what you're thinking <laughs> shut up Carissa <laughs> stop rambling yeah it's it's so vital the two of them together like we've you know there's still a little other star we're leaving out but if yeah. you don't have those two sitting nicely nestled up together 
as far as the sustainability of a meal, you start seeing problems. Like yeah. you're marrying that that protein, which takes longer to break down, and you're putting in like the rich starchy fiber with it as well. So you're actually that whole process of digestion is happening, mm. but it's in a really lovely slow fashion where everything is happening nice and slowly and being utilized for energy production and for cellular mechanisms and nutrients are going where they should be it's just like this beautiful little dance that happens but if you don't have them together everything just digests a lot quicker you're getting as you often talk about more of an insulin well we're getting insulin response but you're getting that like oversupply sometimes if it's just carbs without enough protein you know too quickly so you're getting too much of that hit Mm. um it just it's just a a, a relationship between the two that's so important and it's funny too like i know we can sit here and talk about this and we do and we talk about it all the time but until you like you see the difference in your clients when you get them to experience that like they might they might be cutting they might not be eating carbs or they might be eating too many carbs for breakfast and you get them to balance these meals and they've they've gone from people who are having the three o'clock slumps and having like the energy dips throughout the day or they're just waking up not feeling that crash hot or they don't have the energy to sustain them at the gym or you know they're a bit irritable all the time and they can't work out why so there's this whole host of things and you get this relationship right between these macronutrients and they come back in and they're like I feel great. Like mm-hmm. my energy is sustained. I'm thinking clearer. Like I'm not, I'm not, I get home and I'm not tired. Like I'm, mm. you know, there's just the proof's in the pudding, but you kind of, and that till you get it, you don't, you kind of don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think lastly with carbs is probably just, we didn't mention it. I think what they, what they do, like when oh, we yeah. eat carbohydrates. <laughs> so carbohydrates are always going to break down and become uh, essentially think of it as like a sugar ah, in your sugar. body. So they're yeah. going to become um, a very easily accessible preferential fuel for your body to use yeah. for literally for energy production. Um, it's then, then taking it further and looking at besides the sugar component of the carb, it's the fiber that yeah. the carbohydrates provide. So when you're eating all your carbohydrates and whole diversity of them, you're getting all different types of fiber, which are then going to be like this beautiful fuel for your bacteria within your your gut. Yeah. So those two um, areas are probably, you know, in a nutshell, the the basics um, of what we're looking for when Mm. we're looking for carbohydrates. Um, And of course, again, if you're taking away that group, you're not only taking away um, a a fuel source and yes our body can survive without the carbohydrates and you'll get you know here there's probably a lot of people listening that know a lot about the popularity of ketogenic diets and so forth so yes your body can survive but it can which we'll talk about on another podcast cause problems long term with trying to do that um but essentially even that part aside you're taking away a whole lot of fuel for your gut gut bacteria and there's so many studies now that are coming out and showing how problematic this is so where people have just been focused on taking away carbohydrates for maybe weight loss purposes or thinking they're doing it for a better health point of view they're actually completely changing the diversity of their gut Boom. Mm-hmm. Next macro is fat. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay. I love the fat. We're fat. We're fat fans. We totally <laughs> are. Um, I like. I honestly, I don't think fat is as like maybe not for us, but I don't think fats as a hard one to get right in the diet. To be honest, like you can definitely no. overdo it with fat, but I find like if you get your carbohydrate and your portion component right, 
Um, mm-hmm. Getting good fats is not a hard addition. Like the minute you add olive oil, avocado, nuts and seeds and things like that to your food, you're covering your fat bases. Yeah. Um, so to me, that's not one I, I wouldn't say. Like obviously if there's other things going on for my clients like skin stuff or hormonal stuff, we might focus more on fats and anti-inflammatory fats in the diet. But I find I, I tend personally more to really focus on that protein and mm-hmm. carbohydrate relationship and then fats are the added awesomeness that we love Mm -hmm. as long as people are understanding what fats are yeah um, i probably should have explained yeah of course they know what it is and that they're not um scared because there obviously are some people that are a little bit sort of scared of fat too so it's making sure they don't fit into those camps but you're right it's a little bit easier to add in a lot of aspects and i think because fats can fall into some of the other categories yeah, that like sort of got, cross camp situation yeah like nuts and seeds proteins and fats you yeah. know like you look at good quality oily fish proteins and fats eggs proteins and fats yeah um good quality grass-fed meat proteins and fats mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah so when we're talking fats like all of the things that you just said um are the types of foods we're looking for plus as you also mentioned good old avocados mm. all of your different diversity of good quality oils, oils yep um yeah, that, that's pretty much the don't, main ones. Don't be afraid of fat, like just what Jess was saying before too. There is still a lot of people clinging to that fear-mongering that was created by the big sugar boom back in the 19, whenever it was, that fat is bad and sugar's your friend. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think we just – I can't stress enough how much that's just information is dated. Yeah, like, very much so. Good quality fats in various forms are so necessary for so many reasons. Like, fats are the backbones that – well, not – yeah, I suppose backbones of our hormones, are they form oh, our they're hormones? they're so vital for, for hormone production. For hormone production, um, you know, healthy skin, cellular structure. Like it's just – there's something else I was really thinking about. I'm like, well, that's really good for that too. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> nervous system, that's what I was thinking. Like mental health, like our whole brain is made of fat. Our nervous system, they all require this beautiful – all the cells are made from things and they they need to be fluid and fat is what pro- – provides that you know fluidity for you know healthy nerve nerve transmission and stuff and if you're starving your diet of fat for whatever reason or you're not getting enough of the good fats or your body's oxidizing fats or you're eating the wrong types of fats like you just you're not looking after it mm-hmm. so yeah all of our cells have got this beautiful little fatty layer essentially lipid layer <laughs> lovely and permeable for yeah for everything to pass in and out and um, a good way to consider deficiencies with fat is, yeah, that when when the outside of the cells can get a bit rigid and dry, and if mm. you think about your skin on the outer levels, yeah. on you know when we get really dry, cracked skin, mm. that can often be a sign of those deficiencies or cracked skin on the um, heel of our feet. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, a, that that's a common one Ooh. that you'll see. Um, grosses me out but yeah like definitely like cellular fluidity healthy healthy skin healthy eyes healthy brain healthy nervous system yeah (laughs) healthy hormones we certainly see women who aren't having enough fat in their diet struggling with hormone issues Mm. um definitely the mental health side Mm. of things and um yeah and i think yeah when you we question people about fats like a lot of i think more currently maybe some of the more younger millennials are fine but yeah the clients we see who are older than that are still yeah. very worried about it like you'll ask them about their 
the oils in their diet and they're using their spray cans of oils still yeah, to like, yeah. you know, oh. spray of little spray of whatever it is over their, yeah. their veggies. And if you ask them about dressings for their salad, they're like, oh, I don't really use dressing. I use fat-free dressing. Yes. Don't. Um. <laughs> so we're trying to encourage with those people a lot more fat in their diet. Yeah. And if we're to give quantities roughly again... So, look, this this is a bit... Um, not good with fat quantities, I have to be honest. I'm, I'm just saying no good with fat not quantities. Not good with fat quantities. I can do <laughs> protein, I can do carbs, fats. I'm like, just enjoy it, don't overdo it. I know, it. exactly. Like I guess the girl who eats a jar of peanut butter, so <laughs> I'm not one to give advice on fat. <laughs> it's like me giving advice on booze I just, or coffee. Just don't. <laughs> I think that we've all got skewed um, thoughts on how much fat to have. Like, we just think... Well, I think we still are afraid that we're having too much, yeah. a lot of people, or it's the other camp where people are having like a really high fat diet and yeah. cutting out the grains and so forth. Yeah, yeah. But generally, roughly per meal, if I'm trying to like give someone a rough indication, if it's like an avocado, I'll be like... Yeah, a quarter of an avocado. quarter to sometimes half, half of an avocado. Yeah. But then I would have olive oil on that Same. meal as well. I would have nuts and seeds in that yeah. meal. Yeah, so, exactly. So then we're talking adding there yeah, that the, whether it's anywhere from a couple of good drizzles of some olive oil for me it's going to probably be a couple of tablespoons let's get real um we've got the the nut butters and so forth that yeah. might make constitute dressings or if it's a breakfast there might be some nut butters happening there mm-hmm. um essentially the most important thing for us with those fats is that per meal they're appearing and they're being appearing. part of that yeah. meal so if it's a again with the, the protein and the complex carbohydrates that we we're talking about um, that they're happening with the fat in unison. Yes. So, you know, we don't we don't want someone demolishing, um, say, three avocados a day. Yeah, <laughs> and then like I was thinking of the coconut thing oh, too. Okay, if someone's yeah. like doing like a tub of coconut yogurt, and they're sort of going through that every day or every second day. Like, yeah. I think I feel with fats that. We're still too scared of them, but I also think that our body gives us a good signal. Like oh, absolutely. With fats, it's really hard to overdo them. If I you think have so too much, too. you feel, feel sick, sick and queasy. Yeah. And, so, and you know when you put too much into a meal, like you struggle to break it down. Like you just yeah. – like, yeah. Like and if you're balancing your proteins and your carbohydrates, like we said before, and you've got those all those other vegetables and things like that, and you add your elements of fat, it's kind of hard to overdo it when you've got complex carbs and mm. stuff in there as well. Yeah, I agree. I find like it's probably easier to overdo fats when you're not having carbohydrates. Yeah, same. That's when I find that's yeah. when people have the you know the more probably too much fat in their diets. But if you're balancing your meals from a macro point of view, like we've talked about, it's pretty hard to over. Mm. I suppose it could be, but. You know, your body will tell you. Like, you start, yeah, you will generally start to feel sick. It's, it's like trying to eat way too much nuts yeah. or something like yeah, that exactly. in one sitting. So it's 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 usually pretty obvious if you're overdoing it. Yeah. But I think in general, like I, I saw a, I'm not going to mention any names. I saw a dietitian <laughs> talk <laughs> on the last month or two about fats um at a event event. (laughs) (laughs) and she was giving um advice on how much fat people should be having and it was very old school dietitian approach of how many grams per day and it realistically equated to it was something around two to three tablespoons of olive oil throughout the day was enough fat and I was like just trying to like (laughs) cover my own mouth you felt your nervous system starting to feel dehydrated I'm just like this is so old school this is ridiculous like 
Look at the Mediterranean diet. Oh, Look yes. at, you know, like it's, I, yeah, I just think that, I think fats um, can be used and not that not dogs I even think. There's so much research now there to show is, it. We just, can be using them a lot more liberally. Yeah. Um, and I think it's very – it's just hard to overdo them. Yeah. It really is unless you – if you don't have a macronutrient balanced diet, then, yes, you can certainly yeah. overdo it. Yeah. But if you're following what we're talking about, it's super hard. And you just yeah. won't. You, you just naturally just won't yeah. do it. Yeah. In a story. Yes. But the thing is, too, that it's probably worth pointing out. When you have – like there's – there's, you know, there's the – Fear of like fats making you fat, and there's fear of carbs making you fat, yeah. and protein gets excluded from that because protein will only get turned into fat under some crazy extreme when it's broken down in the body. There's some crazy extreme, but biochemical process. But you kind of just need to step away from this carbs, too much carbs making you fat, and too much fat making you fat because when it's put into the context of balanced meals and a healthy lifestyle and exercise. You're not going to put on weight from them if they're in proportion to what you need. Uh -huh. But it is about having those three macronutrients in proportion to what you need too. So you're not creating a stress response in your body, which can also make uh -huh. you put on weight if that's what the fear is around it, I guess, too. Because I sort of feel like carbs have been cut for various reasons. But most of it's friggin' weight loss. Like, yeah. Yeah, let's course. be honest. It comes it's, back to weight and, loss. And I'm not having too much fat because it, it's so calorie dense. Like, let's get away from the notion of calories mm. as well for a start. Like, calories are such a small equation when it comes to balancing meals. Mm -hmm. And what probably should mention that always when about macros, like using all these My Fitness Pal apps and stuff like that to try and balance your macros. There's, it's so much more than balancing on a friggin' pie chart yeah. as to whether or not that's going to work for you. Like it's about yeah. your exercise that you're doing, the the quantity or the qualities of the carbohydrates and the proteins that you're having. Like you can balance that on a pie chart and they could be shit versions. Like yeah. anyway, I'm just having a little rant about that. And calories. Ugh. Yeah, calories are very much a small part oh, of the story. God. Calories do my friggin' head <laughs> Oh, I had to do that a calorie plan for the first time in a long time and it just – yeah, have no calorie, no calorie um, approach on the, the door. <laughs> uh, they just hurt my head, and I just think I think for people when they're doing them too, like, and I've I've done a few calorie plans for clients over the years and things like that too. But I'm just like, this is no way to live. This is not how no. to enjoy food. Like you're sitting there working out the calorie capacity of your proteins and your carbohydrates. This is just yeah. <laughs> Look, you're so right too. It's like. The right quality fats don't make you fat. Carbohydrates, quality ones don't make you fat. It's an imbalanced diet that makes Thanks people put on weight. An wax. imbalanced diet um, causing a host of downstream, you know, biochemical ab abnormalities or just, you know, problems. Mm -hmm. Like if your body's stressed, cortisol responds. If cortisol's responding, sometimes you'll store fat. But so stress, like people think stress is just stress. Stress can come from not eating the right types of balanced meals. Like I quite often see people go and they cut carbs from their diet and they're exercising intensely and they think I'm going to cut carbohydrates and I'm going to just eat protein and fat and I'm going to lose weight and they put on weight. Your body's freaking stressed. Not mm. only are you pulling out its main fuel source, you're also flogging it to death at the gym. Like <laughs> it's stress. That's why you're putting on weight. Balanced meals, healthy approach to exercise, folks. Like Yeah. <laughs> my rant started I'm very passionate about this yeah it's look the the reason we are so into our macros is that the you put them together they're like the perfect piece of a puzzle so it if is. you're looking at the amounts that you're looking at putting together in the way that we've talked about and still including those other veggies that we talked about being like the star of a meal like it's really hard if you're putting those sort of pieces together mm. to go wrong um and 
we will always then look at how we make that work individually for a person because yeah, some people are going to be having tolerances to certain areas, some aren't they? And bad bacterial issues, so you may yeah. need to reduce starches for an amount of time. And yeah, there's there's always going to be things that yeah we can work with and have to work with, and that's fine. But once you get that right for that person, mm-hmm. depending on no matter what diet they're on, even if it's a FODMAP diet, we can macronutrient balance that. Like yeah. But we essentially really strive to have our clients come in and after even just a couple of sessions for them to really understand how to put macronutrient meals together. So if we go through their diet with them and we're looking at, say, their lunch meal Mm. and we'll be like, okay, so so what are you having and and what's the protein Mm. you're adding to that? And yep, and okay, what's what's the fat yeah. you're adding? So okay. it's like a yeah. it's like an educational process, and people get it really they quickly. They do, and it's really funny because sometimes too, like you'll have your clients come back in, and they'll be like, "How funny it is that they now just look at food from a more functional perspective. Yeah. Like they're still enjoying it, but from a functional perspective, they just get thinking like, and it just becomes second nature. Have I got my protein? Have I got my complex yep. carbs? Have I got a good a good two to three cups of variety of other vegetables and you know leafy greens and things like that? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and they teach their partners to do it or their kids. Like I've got friends with kids or, you know, clients with kids that come in now and they're just like, in my mom, have I got my protein? You know, like, and it's really cool to see, but, or then you have your other side of it too, where I think I was telling you, I had a client and, um, we just even got her balancing her meals and she had to, she had to put on fat and things like that. Like, and the whole goal was to fall pregnant. And obviously I stopped seeing it or she stopped coming in, but that was because she was great. She kind of didn't need to. And I didn't see her for a while and then saw that she was pregnant. And it was mm-hmm. just, I'm like, yay, congratulations. I thought you were. And the one comment was, yep, thanks to proteins, fats, no, <laughs> proteins, carbohydrates, and good fats. Balanced meals got me there. And I was just like, yes, because that's how important it yeah, is. Like, yeah, that's so rewarding. It was. It was just, just, and that's exactly what it was, just sticking to that structure of food and allowing your body to become the healthiest mm. version of itself mm. and then allowing the follow-on effect for that like healthy hormone production. Like you yeah. need adequate fats. Like even like for periods for girls and things like that. But if your body's stressed out because you're restricting food or carbohydrates, mm. that stress element is going to impact things as well. So yeah, and it, you know, it's a, the other irony is that this is basic educational stuff, but we're just not taught this. Like yeah, obviously, so with what we do, it's different. But people aren't learning this in school. Like we're no. seeing people come in all the time, and they don't understand what macros are. We're teaching people every single day yeah. exactly what we're talking about today. Yeah, and. Once they know, it's like, oh, this is easy. Yeah, and it's, it's easy. all that foundation. And it's like sometimes a lot of the time it's not being driven by people like trying to pull things out yeah, that's or true. so forth. It's often being driven by just a lack of understanding. understanding. And the information's not easily out there, I have to say. No, like, that's I did, the problem now. It's yeah, confusing. like it's really true. Like there's so much confusion about what to eat and then people will try and make a healthy decision and that's not, it's not their fault that it's not the right one. It's just that that's the information that's available. Mm. And so whether you're looking at more of an orthodox food pyramid model or you're looking at more of a ketogenic style diet or this style diet or whatever the do- – things are going around at the time people are i think genuinely trying to make the most educated or best decision they can at the time it's just that a lot of the the stuff information out there isn't right Mm. or it's not going to serve them in the best Mm -hmm. way yeah for sure so yeah (laughs) (laughs) well why don't we sort of wrap it up by going through some examples We we were asked after our podcast about nutrition hacks and tips to give more examples of what like um yeah what we eat in a day like our favorite macronutrient balanced meals yeah and we don't really want to focus a lot on what we do because essentially we're individuals and what we do isn't going to work for everyone but we same same but different though yeah Yeah, like we thought this would be the place to do it we've just 
gone through what macronutrient balanced eating is. So we thought each of us would give you a really rough idea of what we do day to day and what that looks like on a plate because I think that sort of surmises it all really really nicely. And even probably two quantity. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. But even maybe two quantity wise because we were talking quantity wise the other day like Mine and Jess's quantities vary for things mm. as well. Like the difference between us making a pancake, for example, yeah. is quite different. And what sustains us is different. Yeah, so, so like my morning pancake, if we're making our buckwheat pancakes, is mm. I use two eggs. Protein. Protein. I also and chuck in fat. And a little bit of fat. I also chuck in a, um, two tablespoons of hemp seeds, hemp mm-hmm. seed protein. So that's more protein and fat. Mm-hmm. And probably about three heaped tablespoons of buckwheat flour. Like, yep. So that's probably the equivalent of, I would probably say maybe three quarters of a cup and a bit mm, of almonds. I reckon that's about, I, I think I was thinking after you said to me that the other day, I'm like, that is so not three quarters of a cup. Because yeah. two, two tablespoons yeah. is um, an eighth of a cup. So four tablespoons is a quarter of a cup. Yeah, so it must be more than that because I, I literally pour it in and when I, okay. I don't actually spoon it. Like I just funnel the thing and pour it in. <laughs> so say if I'm looking at my my blender thing, say yep. it's that round, it's probably that high with buckwheat okay. flour. So yep, what yep. would you, what do you reckon? Half a cup? Three yeah, quarters of yeah, a cup maybe? maybe? About half a cup. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so good, that, good amount. Yeah, a good amount. So carbohydrate. carbohydrate. I'll be like the dictator in the okay, back. Yeah. You talk it and I'll bam, carb, okay. bam, fat. Okay, good. So we've done two <laughs> eggs. Protein fat. <laughs> like again, this is awesome. <laughs> Buckwheat flour, half a cup to three quarters of a cup. Um, hemp seeds. Well, protein. And good it, fats. But did you say seed or the protein powder? Hemp seed protein powder, yeah. Oh, so protein and a little bit of fat yeah. too. Yeah, and then a little bit of almond milk. Mm, well, we're going to say with almond milk, it's probably whatever. Well, depending on the brand, yeah. let's just say it's just water. Half, um, half of a decent sized banana. Carbohydrate, yeah, and complexy, then, and but then probably not. 100%. Probably about two teaspoons of maple syrup to sweeten it, and a bit of cinnamon. Simple carbohydrate, and then I blend all that up, and I make one mother of a freaking <laughs> pancake out of it. Right, but it sounds like a lot because yours is probably nothing like this size. I know this. I have that, and then once that's done, I take it out. I you generally bring it in here. I yep. fold it in half. It gets a big slather of nut butter. Protein. Gets the and other. Fat. Yep, and gets the other half of my banana sliced up in between it. Carbohydrate and some berries. Carbohydrate. Yeah. I can't keep this yeah. up. <laughs> I can see you like twitching. I'll do it for you next. <laughs> but it's a really good example of like a balance of like yeah. you can see all those macros yeah. in there. But you can also see that I'm not skimping on stuff. Like the no. other thing is sometimes I find when people are trying to lose weight mm. or do whatever they're trying to do, like I'll get the relationship right, but I'll make it really small. I'll have yes. one scoop of one tiny bit of bread and a little tiny bit of, and maybe, you know, one egg. And I'm like... Okay, that might be enough to sustain to sustain <laughs> some people, but like I'm yep. not kidding. That sounds like epic food to a lot of people, but I have that, and I am. And how long does that hold you for? Oh, well, I'll probably have like seven, seven thirty, mm-hmm. seven ish in the morning, and I've usually been to the gym, so I've had a banana pre workout. Come yep. back, I have that afterwards. Yeah. And then that will get me through to 12, 30, 1 o'clock and I don't even think about food. Yep. And, and I'm, you're not overly And full. I'm not overly full. It, sometimes I eat it and I'm just like, I don't even feel like I've eaten, but bang, like I feel the energy, like it works for me. So that's yep. one example of my breakfast. Yep. Let's do your pancake. So my... <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do a pancake, just so people get an See, idea of the difference. No, it's a good idea. And the interesting thing though is in the context of this, because if I have a pancake, I often do it after a workout still but yeah. I often oh, my pre-workout is often a little bit more there's a little bit more going on because yeah, I'll have right. a bit more space sometimes between the two yeah okay so 
yeah, but in general with my pancake, I'll usually just do one egg mm -hmm. and I would probably do about two, two good heaps tablespoons mm -hmm. of either buckwheat, flour, or sometimes quinoa flakes. And I hate quinoa flakes. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll do... So you've um, so got protein, egg. Yes. And then I might also put in, depending on the day, some protein powder as well. So Pro protein. Hemp as well. But probably only about a tablespoon mm -hmm. of that. Um, and I'd put probably half a mashed banana. So I've got carbs again. Yep. And that's, that's it. And then I would like do similar to you. I'd make it as one pancake and then I would top it with nut butter Good fats and, and protein. some fruit and then maybe some, <laughs> then some granola -y sort of stuff as well for some Droppings. crunch. Yeah. So it's, I would say mine's probably half. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I reckon it'd be about half the size of yeah. yours, but I think that I also would no, not a little. I think that I often would maybe eat a little sooner than you would too. Mm. So I would tend to have that, and it would hold me maybe for if I've worked out around mm. maybe three hours. Yeah, and you're and kind then of I'll a, tend to go for a snack. I was going to say you're a mid morning snacker, whereas yeah. I'm not. Yeah, so I'll then then I'll be going for like something like my. Your smoothie or your go protein bowl or, or smoothie or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So mine's mine is smaller, but the vital thing there is that they're the same, same but different. Same, same but different. Yeah. Um, and prior to doing my pancake, if I'm doing a pancake, mm. I've usually had a piece of my gut friendly True. bread. So you've got. So yeah. I've had that with like some nut butter mm. and alfalfa or some nut butter and banana or yeah. papaya and lime, one of those sort of weirdo yeah. combinations. Yeah. So I've usually had more of a complex a hit in that yeah. way. Because I definitely know, say, working out in the morning, if I am – and some mornings I am just genuinely hungry. Sometimes I'm just like, yep, have a banana, go smash a workout. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like – I wake up and I'm like, especially if I probably have been training a bit harder, I will have maybe more of a piece of my, my ciabatta, my gluten-free ciabatta toast. Yeah. And I will put some nut butter and a mashed banana on mm. that and I'll have that. But then my breakfast after that will be different. I probably wouldn't do mm. a pancake straight after that. It's probably when I do a smoothie and another piece of toast on the yeah. side. Yeah. So yeah. It, it does change, but it's just about, I guess – I, once you work out what we were saying before once you work out what your mm -hmm. balance is it's pretty cool like then you manipulate it make it interesting yeah like, that's it yeah like I'm definitely like I can do a nice big two pieces of like gluten free ciabatta or my gluten free schwa or yep. whatever and an avocado and two eggs like that's a yep. sustaining breakfast which is another me. great macro balance one oh, like whereas I would probably do because uh, I'll make a double batch of mm. my gut friendly bread so I'll have like a big thick slice of that but just one yeah but I know when I, even when we had that amazing zealy gluten-free sourdough, yeah. like I was, because I'm so used to doing that one slice, I had like a slice of oh, that with my eggs too. and everything. Yeah. And I was just like no, half no, an hour no, later, no, like, uh-oh, because yeah. I've gotten used to that. So I'll do like a big piece, chunky piece of my gut-friendly bread yeah. with my avo and my eggs and my greens and my yeah. krauts and so forth. Yeah, so yeah. getting all of those tick, 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 macro. Krauts or krauts? Krauts. krauts. I think I said Krauts. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So that yeah, and I think two pieces of my schwa true. would be equivalent to one piece of your thick gut friendly. Like just thinking about it from a you know yeah like a yeah complex carb point of view. Pretty crazy. Yeah, but yeah, both of those are good examples. I think of mm. probably the, some of the most common breakfasts that we do, and yeah. how it includes every element. If I was to take the egg out and do like a vegan pancake, I would definitely make sure that at least fifty percent of my um, floury mix was the protein. Like yeah. I would up the protein yeah, powder you'd have to. in that. Or I would 
maybe have a protein smoothie on the side. I would have to have the smoothie. I honestly, and I've tried different things. I have tried doing mine with one egg and mm-hmm. I've tried even upping more, like even the, the hemp protein side of it and dropping mm-hmm. back the egg. Honestly, for me, that's not as sustaining and that's yep. just me personally. And I, yeah. I definitely do myself know I thrive better on more from a protein perspective, having a, an element of animal-based protein in there. I don't know if that's yep. a blood type thing, not that I'm that into that, but someone was telling me the other day <laughs> that I'm a meat eater according to my blood type. I'm like, that makes sense because I've tried – like I definitely don't eat like heaps of animal-based protein, but I've definitely noticed a difference if I try – like I can manipulate my meals, but I definitely feel better and sustained mm, more mm. on – I think those examples alone are really good for people to see the difference. Mm. Both of us um, understand our macronutrients so in-depth and both healthy individuals, but it shows the difference yeah. of our body's requirements. Yeah what you have in the morning and what makes you thrive is not what makes you. It's different yeah, to so, what I yeah. have. Like I couldn't, do, I couldn't do you, like the vegan pan. Like I know I'd be yeah. hungry within an hour. I just know my body. I've tried yeah. it. My body, no matter what I do, it's just like, no, nah, I'm hungry now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Stuff you get me back yeah. those eggs. No. But even I think it's really important for a quantity point of view. Like yeah. we're doing different things, but those quantities are so different. Yeah. And it shows how they're such a skew from person to person. It's mm. why we're really hesitant to give like 100 grams of this and this yeah, and that because, because it's everyone's a, different. Like different. if you ate what I was eating, it wouldn't work for you. Yeah. And if I ate what you were eating, it probably wouldn't work for yeah. me as far as the portions and the timing. And it's weird because like I'm – and it, yeah, exactly right. Portions and time because you are definitely more of a – like not a snacker, but you'll have your mid-morning snack. Mm-hmm. I don't function well eating a few – like those yeah. – I just don't like yeah. I'm probably more prone to blood sugar style things yeah. than you I think I don't yeah. know like definitely yeah. blood sugar fluctuations yeah. and we've talked about that in the past so for me three solid balanced meals a day yeah. nail yeah. it for me if I start having a smaller breakfast and then have that snack around 10 11 and then have lunch I'm I crash in the afternoon like mm. it just that doesn't work for me mm. like and I've tried yeah. it it just yeah whereas for me the snacking something that's mm. fine and I kind of get a little bit excited about being able to eat more. <laughs> you like, I love food so much. Yeah, that's true. Like, if I, I don't eat too much now, yeah, in about three hours, I can have yeah. one of my protein balls. <laughs> no, think, it just shows yeah. a different constitution. Yeah, I'm probably more awesome. of an afternoon snacker if I do have a snack because yeah. dinner can usually be so late by the time you and I get home. So I'm more inclined to have something around 4 o'clock and that's when I'll have, yep. yeah, like something – more like a protein thing or mm. some hummus and something. But definitely the, the morning snack for me doesn't really work. Mm. And then an example, I think, from a lunch point of view, I think it'd Our be good for both the skeks. Yeah. They are. They are, aren't they? We basically take up the entire <laughs> bottom area of the fridge in our office building with all of our containers. So Jess and I are like mix and match lunch gurus, but we always have – so mine will always be like quinoa, gluten-free pasta, rice or something like that as my starchy carbohydrate. I'm not a potato person. No, you're not. Are I'm you not, where I am? I don't like potatoes. Well, I'm not sweet potato, but I'm I do. I'm not even – I like sweet potato, but I just go through stages mm. with it. I just like white potato to me is just a waste of space. Oh my, in my god! Stomach. I yeah. feel like I need to slap you right oh, now. I, I felt like <laughs> if this... my sister was here, she would actually slap yeah, me. <laughs> my own sisters wanted to slap me, but for me, potato is just like you do nothing for me. Like you're just taking up space. Wedges, in my st- like homemade potato wedges. You can make me homemade potato wedges. I'd still eat them, but I wouldn't. You know, it's oh not. My god! Yeah. Who just, are you? There's <laughs> just that difference. Like, I know. like I, I love. Yeah, I love those kind of things, but it's not something I would have like every day in my yeah. diet. Like I just. Yeah. Well, 
um, I would rather have a grain-based carbohydrate or something yeah. like that. And mm. I'll make up an awesome quinoa mix. Like I'm addicted to my Middle Eastern quinoa at the moment with yep. heaps of nuts and seeds and all that through it, or gluten-free pasta or buckwheat mm. pasta or rice that's all been spiced with stuff or heaps of fresh herbs mm. in it. So that's my starchy carb element. And then I have – I batch cook a whole heap of roast vegetables and that changes from week to week depending on whatever the frig I feel like. Mm-hmm. So that's anything from fennel, cauliflower, carrot, beetroot, um, garlic, onion, anything – I can get on a roasting tray is generally on there. And then that is the half the plate portion we're talking about, but that doesn't count as a carbohydrate. So that's just added awesomeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's usually covered in olive oil as well. There's nuts and seeds in there, either roasted or tossed through, whatever. So, yeah. And I've got protein on there, which is usually, I'm a bit of a salmon fiend at lunches. Mm. I love my salmon. Mm. So salmon is my protein, more good fats. And there's just a big dollop of hummus and then some kraut. Mm-hmm. And you usually put some fresh greens and on there too, don't fresh you? Fresh greens, and then I pour more olive oil on it. <laughs> <laughs> Salt, pepper. Our lunches are epic. You yeah, and I have the are. best lunches ever. Yeah. We're big fans of the kind of batch cook up and bringing yeah, in and all just, of our different bits and pieces, and, and then it sort of grows together. from leftovers from dinners. Yeah, the night so before. true. Usually by Friday, we've both got about six containers out, <laughs> just throwing these lunch concoctions together. So mine sort of, yeah, they are a bit more similar here, but my I'm a massive fan of like my sweet potato. Mm. I do love potato too, but probably I'd have a lot more sweet potato than mm. you would. So yeah. well, mm. I'll do up my big batch cooker roast veggies, but it'll always have sweet potato in it. It'll have a lot of potato, but Damien usually gets that more because he yeah. loves potato more. Um, so that I'll have either for my starchies, my sweet potato, or we do a lot of, we do we used to do more, but I used to do um, a lot of quinoa and so forth. But probably the grain I cook more now is buckwheat. So I might yeah, do like buckwheaty salads. Buckwheat, buckwheat base. Yeah, <laughs> not much rice. I wouldn't do much rice sometimes. But, yeah, most it would either be like a, a buckwheat or the, yeah, the sweet potato. And then my other veggies, which are the dominant part of my plate, are all the other roast veggies. Yep. Or it might be some other sort of salad. Or it might be just that handful of greens mm. on top. Um, yeah, something as simple as that. My other green I love, obviously, is parsley. So sometimes it might be literally <laughs> really just... Really <laughs> So I might be just throwing on some parsley. Um, herbs are a big one that I love fresh. Yeah, we're big herb herb people, aren't we? Yeah. Like, I've always got fresh herbs in something that are all Definitely. my concoctions. I love um, coriander like you love parsley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Protein for me is a little bit more varied. Like, I have... I do my salmon a lot. Um, but my protein is often a leftover of the night yeah. before. Like I tend to cook more at night, so it might be leftover some chicken or some pork, or it might be yeah fish that I've cooked the night yeah. before. I'm like I do a lot of obviously diet plans up for other um, businesses and mm. collaborations, and they're always like, "Oh, we don't want fish as leftovers." I always have fish yeah, left over the next actually. day. I'm yeah. just like, oh, nah. yeah. Anyway, I haven't died yet. Um, or <laughs> eggs are thrown on there, yeah, so that'd be no protein. Eggs are a good snack too. Yeah, we I, do snack we're, on we're, eggs a lot. Yeah, egg snackers. Yeah. yeah, and then fats for me is literally it'll be cooked in olive oil, drowned in olive oil, <laughs> maybe so some true. avocado. There might be some cashew cheese occasionally. Chili cashew um, cheese for me. But olive oil is the main thing. Like we have a bottle of our um bottle. Oh, the Cobram a... Estate Reserve olive oil up there that we pretty much just drizzle and drown. 
Um, so they're very similar. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think our portions of lunches are kind of similar. Kind of similar Sometimes similar, you yeah. might have a, you know, I think, again, mine I probably, probably have a little bit less than you because yeah. I tend yeah. to just, I just, yeah, I just I do. think mine looks bigger though because I've got that whole, I've got to always have a salad component. So yeah. I've got the roasted veggies and the protein like what you've yeah, got. I've true, true. always got a salad component, whether it be a small yeah. that I've made or heaps of friggin' rocket and fresh herbs. Yeah, and whereas I've, my freshness might be sometimes just some of those herbs like and, herbs and yeah. yeah. I, I love having that whole – I just love that. You do cotton. more salads than I do. Yeah, definitely. I'm a bit of a salad nut. Well, like in winter, you would have a lot more salads. Oh, shit, like yeah. There's I'm no such thing as seasonal salad for me. <laughs> it's like salad all year round. <laughs> um, yeah, afternoons we hit up – it might be a boiled egg or something like mm, that. Yeah. I'm more of a – I'll go for a protein bowl or something. I've got mm. one. But I often – yeah, again, listening to our bodies, I don't often do afternoon yeah, snacks. Yeah. Off, I love getting a hot chocolate from Nisa Chocolate Factory in the oh, afternoon yes sometimes. But, yeah, usually it's just, just home for dinner. Like, we've yeah. had, a, I think our lunches really get us through. Our lunches are pretty epic. And considering mm. we're usually pushing out 12.31 o'clock for our lunches, yeah. by the time we are, you know, like 12 o'clock, we're like, oh, we're hungry. 12.30, we're like, shit, we got to eat. <laughs> Quarter one, we're like, can't believe we're doing this again at 1 o'clock. But... <laughs> And then we eat, so it's like 1.30 by the time we usually finish eating. So that's generally getting three till six o'clock. I find yeah. it's pretty rare I have an afternoon snack here. I might sometimes, like yeah. if you're feeding me and you make something <laughs> awesome, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll eat that. I'll usually, if I've done it and I've got my balls there, I'll have one. Got your balls. I've got my balls. <laughs> got your balls. Yeah, I find I do. I find I do generally need something more than not. I don't know. I just yeah. it depends on what I've done. It depends on my workouts yeah. and so forth. So. Yeah, and then I think dinners are probably – they're pretty much the same as lunches. Yeah, they really are. It's just protein and roasted veggies and salad. And yeah. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do like a pasta dish sometimes or make homemade pizzas. Like dinner, dinners are really variable for yeah. us. It just honestly depends like what freaking mood I'm in Yeah, what yeah. I'm cooking. But they're essentially – they're a similar profile to yeah, what we're doing similar for lunch. Profile. Yeah, it's just that's probably being fresh cooked up. And then after dinner yeah. – um, I'm probably not as carby at dinner, I'd have to say. I'd have, yeah, like I would say, probably from a starchy carb element, not all the time and not with any, what, for any reason, but I'd say if anything, my dinner, which might explain why I eat such a bigger breakfast, because I don't always have mm. starchy carbs with my dinner. It depends yeah. on what I'm cooking. So That's probably one of the last things we should mention before we finish up yeah. about that, because we've talked about macro balance being really important with yeah. our main meals, but yeah. dinner is the exception to the yeah, rule. Yeah, because... I'd say I'd just say it depends on what I'm cooking. What yep. what carb element like there's always vegetables and or salad, mm. all the two combined, but whether or not there's always starchy. Because if you if people are having a macronutrient diet, that a macronutrient balanced diet and they've had their balanced breakfast, their balanced lunch and where needed their their good nourishing snacks to get them through the day. We get to the end of the day, we've had a really well-balanced eating style and we're more sedentary, we're not doing mm. as much, we're sitting around on the couch watching TV. We don't <sighs> really always <laughs> need that extra amount of carbohydrate or starchy carbohydrate yeah. for energy replenishment at that point of yeah. the evening, unless maybe you've exercised in the afternoon. So it's more of a meal that you can back off and be a bit yeah. lighter with if you choose or it's required, where it might be protein with your other non-starchy veggies and your fats. I agree. And sometimes too, like you get home late like, yeah. and you don't feel True. like having a massive meal. Like I'm not a night owl. Like I love my sleep. I'm a good eight hour a night sleeper. And so yep. quite often, like I'm up at 4.35, I'm in bed by nine o'clock usually at the latest, 9.30 pushing it. If I'm making dinner at 7.30, sometimes eight-ish, yep. um, yeah, I'm um, 
you know, I'm not going to have a massive meal. Sometimes it's literally I'll make a salad up and I might cook a bit of protein or even just a tin of tuna and boil an egg or something and it's something very small and light. But yep. I've nailed my food throughout the day. So. Yeah, yeah. But then sometimes I will have a massive dinner. It just honestly depends. Yeah, it does, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. But, yeah, anyway. Ah. I think I probably have a little bit more carbohydrate than you do at night. Yeah, but which might explain why you kind of eat less. You maybe have a smaller break. Like yeah, we do because I think, again, just – as it always happens with different people in your lives, like Damien is like, need my carbs, need my carbs. Yeah. So we tend to, yeah, well, I would say pretty much nine out of ten times we have carbohydrates with dinner. And that's yeah. we have a lot of, we do a lot of sweet potato and potato wedges. We do, yeah. um, we do pastas and things at night yeah, sometimes. He makes a mean puttanesca, which is not macronutrient balance <laughs> at all, but it's delicious. It's like, this, um, yeah, there you are know? times when you fall off the bandwagon. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's, it's very varied and I think that's important just to mm, highlight. highlight some examples for everyone, but also the difference between just you and I. Yeah. So I think sometimes people think that it's always got to be exactly, exactly the same, same for everyone. And it's just not. Mm. And it's just not. So I think that's pretty much it, guys. Yeah, far out. We'll be, wow. No, yeah. we've been chatting your ear off for an hour. Um. Hope you loved it. <laughs> If you have any questions, make sure you let us know. Yep. Um, it's a pretty interesting topic, so we'd love to hear any further questions you may have. If you've got any comments, you can leave them for us on any of our socials or um, here on the podcast itself mm-hmm. in the comments area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, don't forget to subscribe. Share us with your friends. Tag a friend on social media who yep. you think needs to listen to us yabber. Mm-hmm. Damn sure. Other than that. <laughs> Other than that, have a damn fine day or slash afternoon. <laughs> damn fine day. <laughs> and um, we'll look forward to chatting with you with that on next topic. Shall do. Okay, right. see you later. Bye.